Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon, and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much for choosing to spend part of your weekend with us. My name is Charles. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethel. And uh, hi there to everyone watching on the live stream. Hey, if you'd let me know in the comments your best dad joke. All right. So if you're here at the drive-in, you can whip out your phone real quick and go on our live stream, either on Facebook or YouTube, and let me know in the comments if you want to know. I need some more material for later today because if you don't know, it's Father's Day right? It's Father's Day. If you didn't know, now's your opportunity to go real quick after church and get a Father's Day gift. Dads prefer boats. If my children are listening, uh, they're over there. Hi there. Uh, Legal requirement. uh, I'm also entitled to tell as many Father's Day or sorry, dad jokes as possible, right? Such as, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Sophisticated, right? Come on. That's some good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Are, are those pity honks, maybe? So, or, or as my wife calls it, you're just getting a pity laugh, Charles. That's, that's all you're getting. Um, but yes, thank you so much for joining us. Wow, this is like a sail over here. This might end up blowing away. So uh, I'm going to move it so there isn't a casualty um, on there. But uh, if you don't know, we have this amazing mums group uh, called Mums Connect here at Bethel. And just wanted to give you a a few quick updates. Uh, this year, I am super sad, but also excited. Why I'm sad is because Sherry Reimer, who has led the Mums Group for the last few years and been on the leadership team for a number of years, is stepping down as leader. And um, interestingly enough, the whole team has actually felt it on their heart that this was their last year. And uh, we've been praying for a new leader or what what the future for the group is, and all we've got is a really big question mark. But that makes me excited, because what we've seen, if you weren't here at our AGM, our annual general meeting back in, I think it was April, Pastor Mike broke out a really amazing vision, which interestingly enough, has been the vision of Bethel when it was first built, and that was to make our main auditorium a multi-purpose room that we could reach our community and use for community events and all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, if you go to our website, BethelBrandon.ca, if you missed that service, go to the Church Online tab, go to somewhere in April. It's called uh, Continuing to Move Forward. It's an amazing, amazing vision that actually has been when this church was built, was that room was actually to be a multi-purpose room. And so it's exciting to partner with God to do these crazy, amazing things. And so we really felt just on our hearts as leadership here at Bethel, and I know many people in our congregation could free branding of Bethel Brandon in a little sense. And so I'm excited for it, but it comes with big question marks because we don't have all the whys, right? Are all the hows, are all the fill in the blank. But you know what? I've heard it said this way is God, I don't need to know why as much as I need to know you're here, right? Because if God is in it, it's going to work out great, right? Sometimes the timeline might not be our timeline, but it's going to work out great. 
And so uh, I'm excited to see what God does with our moms group. But I just wanted to mention Sherry and her team that over the last number of years has done, just done a great job with the moms group and adjusting. It's been a crazy year for many different ministries, not only here at Bethel, but also in our city. And so uh, I just wanted to just a huge shout out to Sherry. She couldn't be here this morning. But what we would normally do is we call them all up and we pray over them, maybe prophesy over them. But we can't do that right now. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, that thank you so much, Sherry, for leading our group. Right on. And since it's Father's Day, um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my arms for always being by my side. But uh, like I said, actually, uh, it's Father's Day. I'm allowed to tell as many dad jokes. If you're a dad here and you didn't receive your Father's Day gift as you came And did anyone not, if you could just throw a hand out the window, I just want to make sure all the dads got their Father's Day gift from us here at Bethel Brandon. We just want to honor our dads today. I don't see anyone. Okay, hopefully they didn't miss, or maybe you're trying to double dip. Now's an opportunity. I'm just kidding. Um, But uh, happy Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day, and since it's Father's Day, i got to have a Father's Day message. But I could come, I'm not going to give you any platitudes uh, or talk about, I can maybe complain a little bit about how society views dads or anything like that, but that's not really a dad thing to do. I want to talk to you about dad things to do. See, a dad thing to do in any situation is to one, deflect with humor, right? We got to deflect with humor. Two, to let you know how amazing you are how awesome you are, and that you got this. And sometimes we got to say, pull up your big boy pants or your big girl pants or suck it up. That's another dad term we like to use, but you got this. And then we help, right? We help and we teach. And then we wrap it all up with, I love you and I'm very proud of you no matter what. That's a dad thing to do, isn't it? And you know what? A dad thing to do is what Kevin did with his 22-year-old heroin-addicted son. You see, Kevin had felt, he had that gut feeling as a dad that his son didn't have a whole lot of time left here on this earth. And so he reached out to an organization in Denver and he said, hey, I'm trying to find my son. And they reached out to a local church that was ministering to the homeless and they were able to locate him. Or sorry, I said Denver. I believe it was San Diego. I apologize. And so he went out there and he found his son. And he describes that moment of seeing his son after some time who had been living on the streets for a number of years, seeing him. And he said the only thing that was holding him up with was that building he was leaning against. To, to most people, he might have looked like he was drunk. But to a dad who's had experience with an addicted son, he knew that he was on heroin heavy. And he went up to him and as his son tried to turn away, he grabbed him by the arm and he hugged him and he told him he loved him. And then he spent the next week living on the streets with his son. Whether it was sleeping on the shoreline, swatting away rats while they slept, whether it was eating the same handout sandwiches that he ate, whether it was there in the hospital while he got sick, whether he was there stealing to buy more drugs, he was with him 24-7 that whole week. And then at the end of the week, he grabbed him, he hugged him, he looked him in the eye and he said, son, when you die, your mom and your dad die with you. Well, we might still be breathing. We're going to die inside. And people asked him, why did you do that? Why did you spend a week on the streets with your son who seemed lost? 
He said, because I wanted him to know that he was loved. I wanted him to know that his family loved him and cared for him. That's a dad thing to do. A dad thing to do is to be moved with compassion and to do something with those feelings. Use those feelings to motivate you to go live a life on the streets 24-7 with your son. That's a dad thing to do, isn't it? Much like, yeah, much like Rob Kelly. If you don't know who he is, he's a fairly famous YouTuber. He's got an amazing channel called Dad, How Do I? And it's a great channel. Uh, But you see, if you watch the channel, you might think, oh, Rob, he must have grew up with a great father figure in his life. He knows how to do all these things, how to, you know, fix a kitchen sink, change a tire. That's what his whole channel's dedicated to teaching people those things that normally your dad might teach you. And you see, he would do all these things, and it might seem like he's got a great life, but you see, when he was young, his dad took full custody of him and his siblings and moved away from his alcoholic mother. And then when he was 14 years old, his dad just decided, nope, I don't want to have you kids anymore, and left them. So at 14 years of age, he had to move in with his older sibling. And you might think that Rob then grew up, you know, he could have grew up angry. He could have, as he got older and he got married, he had kids of his own, which he jokes, they're now adults. And he jokes, and they still talk to me. He could have just lived life for himself and made sure that his family was okay and whatnot. But he noticed that there was a lot of other people out there that grew up in a similar situation to him. And they didn't have that figure in their life, that father figure, to teach him how to do these practical things. So he started this YouTube channel called Dad, How Do I? He started off with basic things like how to tie a tie, how to fix the kitchen sink, how to change a tire, how to do all those things, and then moved on in maybe deeper subjects about how to deal with your finances and speaking to people's identity and telling them they're amazing and encouraging them. And if you take some time to visit his channel and look in the comments, you would be absolutely moved to tears at some of the comments of the situations that the people that watch his videos grew up in without their dads or with people who would speak life into them and you would be moved to tears and you see you know what Rob was as well he was moved with compassion but you see compassion isn't just feeling the feels it's using those feelings to motivate you to do something and he started that channel and now they've even labeled him as much as a Mr. Rogers for adults letting them know how great they are how amazing they are that's such a dad thing to do much like Jesus even though he wasn't physically a dad here on earth, he kind of, he created us, so I, th- I think he gets the dad title. But it says in Matthew 6, 34, sorry, Mark 6, 34, as Jesus landed, and no, it was not a ship, it was not a plane, that's the first thing I thought of, like when Jesus landed, ooh, what was he landing? It was a ship, not a rocket ship, sorry. I thought that would have been cool, but I guess those weren't around then. That might have thrown the whole Bible stuff off. All of a sudden, Jesus is like, let's create a plane now. Sorry, total rabbit trail. I'm a dad. It's Father's Day. I'm allowed to. But Jesus landed. He said he's a large crowd gathered, and he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he taught them many things. See, Jesus could have just stayed there on being moved with compassion, and he could have moved on to the next most important thing to do. I mean, But he did come to show us the kingdom, to show us a father's heart. And a father's heart is moved with compassion. It is being motivated by that feeling and then doing something about it. And so Jesus did. He taught them many things. He spent time there teaching them. That's such a dad thing to do, right? See, 
Kevin could have just left his son there on the streets and he could have waited for the phone call from the coroner. Rob Kelly could have just lived his life. I mean, he could have stayed angry for the rest of life. Who would have blamed him to be abandoned by your mom and then your dad? But he didn't. Jesus could have moved on to the next most important thing, but he came to show us the Father's heart. And the Father's heart is moved with compassion. That's such a dad thing to do. You know what? Such a dad thing to do is what Charlie Winters did when he was swimming with his daughter off the Atlantic beach and something horrendous happened. You see, Charlie Winters, uh, ex-military, was swimming with his daughter. I think the ex-military part's important. As soon as you're a guy and you hear ex-military, you know something cool is going to happen, right? He was swimming with his 17-year-old daughter, Paige, just chilling, chatting, relaxing in the water, shooting some b-ball after. No. All right. Sorry, some fresh prints coming out there. And all of a sudden, his daughter was pulled under the water, disappeared right before his eyes. Eyewitnesses later say that they saw him go up to the shark that had pulled his daughter under and punch it in the face five times. Come on, that's a dad thing to do, isn't it? Right? No, shark, you ain't having my kid. And he punched him in the face five times. How crazy is that? Oh, man. Can you imagine now all his buddies? You know, when you're, when you're sitting around thinking about fixing your car, when really all you're doing is sitting around with your buddies and swapping stories, as soon as Charlie shows up, you know what everyone else is thinking? Like, oh, Charlie's going to win the story swap again. Like, you know, be like, oh, I jumped off. It was a 10-foot cliff and it was great. He's like, oh, man, there's one time. I drove a 25-foot cliff. It was amazing. And then Charlie strolls up. He's like, I punched a shark in the face five times. Win. He just wins, right? That's not fair. But he punched that shark in the face five times to save his daughter. He was courageous. Being courageous is a dad thing to do. It let go of his daughter. Yes, she did end up losing part of her arm and her leg, but she lived that day because he was courageous. Because he was a dad. And that was a dad thing to do. That's such a dad thing to do, to be courageous. But courage comes in many forms. See, courage doesn't mean that you don't have fear. Courage means that you see the fear, but you're motivated to move past the fear. Whether you're motivated by compassion or something else, you are motivated to move past the fear. But courage comes in many different forms. Maybe it's physical form, like Charlie did when he punched the shark in the face five times. I can't, I can't move on from that. I'm stuck at him just punching the shark in the face five times. That's amazing. But courage does come in many different forms. Or maybe it's emotional courage. Or maybe it's courage to admit you're wrong, like to your kids when you lose it and you yell at them or you say something you shouldn't have. To go to them later and say, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have talked like that to you. I shouldn't have raised my voice. I shouldn't have said those things. I didn't mean them. And I'm sorry. It's courage to admit you're wrong. That's a dad thing to do. A courage to swallow your pride. Like the other day, my wife was upset with me. She told me I had no sense of direction. So I grabbed my keys and my stuff and I write. Isn't that good? I love that one. I thought that was good. Thank you. Thank you. The pity honk. The pity honk. I appreciate it. Or maybe you thought it was really funny. I'll just believe inside that you thought it was funny and that'll make me feel good. That's such a dad thing to do. Courage to do the right. See, that's a dad thing to do, isn't it? Like, I mean, we help people. That's what dads do. 
We help our kids. We help the little lady down the street to fix her front porch. When we're walking by and we see someone with the hood up on their vehicle, we stop. If it's one of our buddies, maybe we just grab a lawn chair and a cold drink and sit down and chat, right? I mean, oh, and we hold stuff sometimes. But it's not our car. We don't have to fix No, we help. We try and help fix it if we know what we're doing. Even if we don't know what we're doing, we say stuff like, well, maybe hit the battery or, or maybe it's the alternator. That's a dad thing to do. Like the other day I was fixing, uh, we had some plug gutters and so I was up on a ladder and there was another dad that walked by and he's like, oh, hey, do you got a leaky roof? Like he was stopped ready to help. No, no, I, was, I just got some plug gutters and he moved on. That's a dad thing to do, isn't it? To offer help. So then if we're good at offering help, Sometimes we have this little problem of accepting help. But the people we help, we don't think any less of them. So why do we think that asking for help is making us less of a person or less manly or less courageous? That's not true. See, courage comes in many forms. Courage also comes in the form of being mentally healthy. Oh, I just, yeah, I'm going to go there, dads. Guys in general, there's this ugly stigma attached to mental health that somehow we're less manly if we have mental health issues or that we reach out for help with mental health. And here in the middle of a pandemic, I'm sure we've all seen the statistics on mental health issues growing exponentially. And it's not something dads deal with, right? No, that's not true. It is. But there's this ugly stigma attached and we need to get over this stigma. We need to just get rid of that stigma and we need to reach out for help. I mean, we can, we can just keep going on and feel overwhelmed, feel spiraling out of control, waking up in the morning wondering if it's just going to be another horrible day. We could wake up and just think, ah, you know what? It's not worth going through this day. We can be miserable with our lives and miserable. You can just keep living like that or we can reach out for help. I mean, we take our vehicles in for a tune-up or fix them and stuff like that, right? Well, it's the same with us. It's the same with our brain. Maybe it's something such as a chemical imbalance. And you know what? Maybe some medication can help with that. Or maybe it's something that counseling or therapy. Oh, I know. I just said that. And guys don't go to therapy, right? That's a low. uh, There's the words I can't say because we're in church. And it's the words we shouldn't say. But that's a load of baloney. We need help sometimes. And it's a courage. It's a dad thing to do to ask for help. And whether you're a dad or not, if you're a guy, this same message applies to you. If you're a guy, it does not make you less manly, does not make you less courageous. In fact, it makes you more courageous to ask for help. To say, hey, I can't handle this on my own. But maybe you're wondering, what's the first step? What do I do? Because with any message like this, we're we're trying to motivate you to taking the next step. That's all we want to do on a message is motivate people to take a next step. What do we do? First step, go to your doctor. If you don't have a doctor, go to walk-in. Explain to them, be truthful with them and let them know that you need help. And they will help you whether it's medication, whether it's counseling or therapy, they will help you on that journey. And you know what? There's some great resources out there as well. Uh, We've been really privileged to have some amazing speakers here at Bethel over the years talking about mental health. And uh, I'm going to refer to a few links. And later on in the week, if you don't catch these links right away, just go to BethelBrandon.ca, click on the Church Online tab, and go to today's message probably around Tuesday morning. It'll be up, and I'll have all the links there. But one of the speakers we had a few years ago was Dr. Grant Mullen. 
He really approached the issue of mental health from a faith perspective and, and is an incredibly good message. I don't know if we have it on our website anymore, uh, but it's, it's a great resource. Just go to his website. It's Dr. Mullen, Dr. Sorry, Dr. Grant Mullen.com. Or also Brett Ullman, he's another speaker. We had him here just recently again on his message about the walking wounded. So if you go to brentullman.com, he's got some great resources there. Or if you go to the University of BC's website called, um, I'm just going to quickly check here. I forgot what it was. Headsupguys.org. It's an amazing website. And on there, there's a great resource. There's also one on Dr. Grant Mullins of just a few questions to ask yourself to see if maybe you need to seek more help for mental health issues. Some great, just easy little survey to fill out on headsupguys.org. I'd encourage you to go there. If any of those things describe you where you're just having trouble getting up in the morning or it just feels like you're walking through mud all day every day or maybe even a few times a day, maybe it's even just once a day, I encourage you to go there, headsupguys.org, and fill that out. It's a great resource because that's such a dad thing to do is to ask for help, to be courageous, to move past the fear, and to ask for help. And you know what? I just want to give a shout out to my legs for always supporting me. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for it. I wasn't going to go on until at least got one honk. That's such a dad thing to do. And you know what? Another dad thing to do, and I want to talk a little bit about maybe a little bit of a heavier subject, but a dad thing to do is to do the right thing. It's to stand up for those who need to be stood up for, who need protection and covering to do something. And back on May 27th, this nation was rocked. Rocked with the news of 215 bodies, children's remains, found on the former site of the Kamloops Residential School. And our nation, the window where we went and laid children's shoes at different sites, around town to remember the tragedy of the residential school system. And we shared on our Facebook, if you didn't read it, but our general superintendent um, released a statement. It wasn't just him. It was also the director of the Indigenous Ministry of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And I just wanted to read a little excerpt of this open letter they had. And it says this, says, we encourage our pastors, leaders, and congregational members, our brothers and sisters in Christ, to take active steps to listen and learn along with us. And with saddened and troubled spirits at this recent discovery of such tragedy, we pray for the Indigenous community today. And we pray for our nation of Canada during this time of reckoning. Full healing and reconciliation can only happen when we are first reconciled to God in Christ. Reconciled with God, we are able to demonstrate love for God and love for our Indigenous neighbours through the tangible steps of action our Creator leads us to take. May his peace and comfort reign in our lives and the lives that have suffered such a great loss. I think that second last line really stood out to me. We are able to demonstrate love for God and love for our indigenous neighbors through the tangible steps of action our creator leads us to take. Back a number of years ago, there was a group of people brought together, a number of indigenous leaders and leaders in Canada, and they formed the Truth and Reconciliation Group 
And if you go to trc.ca, there's a lot more details about it, but they outlined a number of different steps that we could take in our nation to help reconcile the tragedy of the residential school. And if you didn't know, Brandon had one here. And interestingly enough, as I talked to people that grew up here in Brandon, many people didn't know that there was one. I mean, when I was raised in school, we didn't talk about residential schools. Thankfully now, which is part of that Truth and Reconciliation group, as they implemented the teaching of the residential school system in our schools. Much like how Germany implemented that they would always teach about the Holocaust in their schools because they did not want to repeat the sins of the past. And we don't want to do that same thing. We don't want to do that same thing. But God's got to be involved in this. So what do we do? Well, the first thing we do is we pray, right? We need to pray for them. We need to pray that it doesn't happen again. We need to pray and ask for forgiveness. I am so proud to be part of this church where on numerous occasions we've invited indigenous leaders, different chiefs in, different groups in, and to do some sort of ceremony, a formal ceremony asking for forgiveness the PO, even though, I mean, the POC was not involved in the residential school system, but there were men and women who were representing the church. Well, they weren't. That were involved in the residential school system, said that they were representing God, but they weren't. And committed heinous sins against these children. And we wanted to ask forgiveness on as a part of the church. And we've done that on a number of occasions. And I think that's part of the solution, but it's not all of it. Praying is part of it, but it's not all of it. We also need to listen. We need to take time and listen. To listen what the indigenous people are going through, what they've gone through. Sometimes that's what we just need to do is listen. Not to respond, but to just listen. And so I'd encourage you to go to the trc.ca. It has a, a lot of great resources. Reach out to your indigenous neighbor and maybe just take time when we can meet again. We can a little bit right now under the current public. But also, maybe write a letter to your MP. Well, you're, I'm not sure how to write a letter. Well, if you go to our website later, there's a template, I'll link there as well, that we can write a letter to our MP to demand more forensic archaeological analysis of the different residential school areas to find the remains of these children so that they can be pro- have a proper burial, proper ceremony, so these families can have peace. That's a dad thing to do, to do the right thing. To write a letter and to ask for clean drinking water in the many different reserves across our nation that don't even have clean drinking water. I mean, if we were talking about Brandon, this would be done. But many of these reserves don't even have the basic right of clean drinking water. So let's write them and to ask them to move on getting clean drinking water to these reserves. Let's also take action ourselves because we can't just look to the government to do everything. That's not what the kingdom is, right? The kingdom is part of the church being mobile and being Jesus with skin on. Okay, but who has ever used that term and thought it's really creepy to be Jesus with skin on, right? It's kind of creepy. It's a little weird, but it really just means to show the heart of Jesus and to do the right thing. There's a number of nonprofit organizations that are working right now to get clean drinking water to these areas. So I encourage you to find one, do a little research on it, to find out if if it's accomplishing the mandate that you want to contribute towards and contribute towards it. That's a dad thing to do. You know what? I had a joke here about chemistry, but I don't think I'm going to get a reaction. 
come on. That was a good one. But on this Father's Day, take some time to honor our dads. Take some time to text or give a phone call and just honor our dads. To thank them for the dad things they do. Or maybe you're here and you have a a relationship or maybe no relationship at all with your dad. And it's tough. I recognize that on Father's Day it can be very tough for many people. But I want to take a moment here and pray for you. To pray peace on your heart. To be peace in your life. And as you grow older, to, to be a good dad as well. I know that's in your heart. So God, I just thank you so much for all the dads that are here. And I thank you so much for all the to-be dads that are here. And Father, right now, I want to take a moment and pray for those dads that, or those guys that are here that maybe had a complicated relationship with their dad or maybe didn't have one. And I just want to pray peace upon them. I want to pray forgiveness and restoration, Lord God, reconciliation. And Father, I just pray for the rest of our dads that are here, just bless them and give them an amazing day. God, may there be many stakes and boat rides in the future. But most of all, God, I pray you protect them and care for them. Give them wisdom as they lead us as kids forward in our lives and teach us, God, in your precious holy name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for choosing to spend part of your weekend with us. And uh, just please pay attention to the parking attendants as you're getting ready to leave. They'll guide you out so it's not mishmash and uh, there's no fender benders or anything like that. So thank you once again. But we're just going to stall here for a minute. I just noticed there's some kids needing to get to their vehicle there. So if you just want to pause just for a moment, I want to make sure that they get there safely. All right. So make sure to watch for those parking attendants. Enjoy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook. Thank you.